Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of my podcast, the IWX Chatcast. This is basically just a continuation of my first podcast, Include or Exclude. The goal is the same. The goal is to explain how my fellow guests, whether they're DJs, producers, or promoters, got entangled with the scene, how they um, got themselves into the scene, the electronic music scene in Philadelphia, and what led them to what they're doing right now. And their journey within that, within those lines, going forward. We talk everything about music to their just no more everyday lives, and see how see how they're doing. Basically, play, play some catch up. It's been a little bit since I've done this, so it's gonna be a wild ride, I guess you could say, maybe. But anyways, this podcast was recorded in mono, mistakenly, some technical difficulties, but moving forward, those problems have been alleviated. But everything else will be in stereo just as well for my episodes going for it. But anyway, enjoy this podcast with Elijah and hope you have a wonderful time. again forgive me if the audio is a little bit crap uh it's my first time doing this in quite some time but anyway welcome to the podcast eli welcome to the podcast thanks for having me no problem um, cheers so cheers friend gotta get the the crack for the audio yeah got to <laughs> but eli what's your your full name just for the audience to know who doesn't know already? my name is elijah barrett and it's funny that you call me Eli because that's like a, I associate with like my growing up high school. That was a nickname. Oh no, shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't introduce myself as that ever. People ask if I go by that. I think people feel the need to shorten my name. Gotcha. But I'm like, no, just Elijah. But Eli's fine. I'll respond to it. Well, fast forwarding, um, how did you come up with the name Elixir as a DJ name? It's kind of similar to Elijah. Like it starts the same and same syllables um and it's just a word that sort of had a ring to it for me and just stuck um i was started just got by going elijah b by going by elijah b and didn't really feel like it had to me like a ring to it or like it like it a brand to it sure yeah heard heard the word elixir a couple times and it was on my short list and i just went for it um how did you get into basically the whole music thing in the first place? What caught your ear and your attention to um, becoming a DJ and producing every once in a while and doing events? How did you basically get into the thick of it? 
Yeah, I mean, um, growing up, I've always had an ear for music. Um, I always wanted to play music. Um, I wasn't um, really brought up um, taking lessons or anything, but eventually I, um, I started learning guitar um, around high school. So that was kind of my first um, musical endeavor. Sure. Uh, and from there, just different listening to different types of music growing up in college, um, and then got around dance music sort of like 2010, 2011 in college, like when sort of that EDM bubble Sure, started. like TS, though, Switch House exactly, Mafia. Exactly, Avicii, yeah, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was when we started dabbling with DJing. Like one of my buddy, one of my uh, second-year college roommates, sweet mates, um, had a little Hercules uh, laptop controller. Word. Little two-channel. Yeah, yeah, little two-channel, uh, like, controller. this one at the time. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, we started messing around with that, and then, like, virtual DJ free on the Yo, laptop. Yo, virtual DJ yeah. free, man. Messed <laughs> yeah. around with that. Yo, just, that's my first Just, like, sorry. mixing on the OG laptop shit. without a controller. Sure. <laughs> uh, in the dorm room. So, yeah, that was, uh sort of the the beginnings of uh like starting to mess around with djing and electronic mm-hmm. music and um sort of around the same time was always fiddling with garage band like um knowing that i felt like i could make my own music um and just kind of graduated to logic eventually and okay. started taking it a little little more seriously uh but yeah that was kind of the the path Sure. I think I started with I started with virtual DJ as well. Just messing around with the beat program just right. on the laptop itself and then from there progressing onto a, a Pioneer controller. Um I think it was a DJJ SR on the two channel controller you plug into your laptop. And I saw the limits with um virtual DJ I felt. <laughs> yeah, so I just had the, to graduate the free to version. Yeah, the free version, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I knew it had to graduate to something a bit more wider and a right. bit more accepted. And then Rekordbox was um, first starting to come out. Yeah. This was like, I want to say maybe circa 2015, 2016-ish, yeah. give or take. Right. Like just when I was first starting out. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so grateful for this. It was a little bit of a learning curve, but that's like that with everything. For getting straight from Virtual DJ to Rekordbox. Yep. Yeah. I, I took a step to Tractor. Okay. In between. Yeah. So I bought well, after like the cheap controllers sure. with, with virtual DJ it yes. was uh a tractor I think it was called the S two or S four. Mm-hmm. Um just a two channel but like a real uh, what I considered a real like sure. mixer compared to what I was used to. Um and then running that through the tractor on the laptop. Sure. And then it wasn't until really I started playing in the Philly scene that I started playing Pioneer C D J learning record box. Yep. Um, so that was more recent. Uh, where did you go to college? Where did you go to school? I went to Pitt. Okay. Um, so there was a little bit of, you know, like I said at the time, like EDM was a thing. Yes. So we started doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I had gone to Ultra uh, 2013. Word. Uh, while I was, yeah, like a junior in college. Sure. That was my first EDM festival. It was in Miami. Same, it's back in, what's yeah, the Yeah, it was of? Bayfront Park. Bayfront Park, yeah, yes. Yeah, which Thanks is back there now, Yes, right? thankfully, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, that was my first, like, rave, festival, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, like, playing some college parties, like, in Mm -hmm. the basement, like, with our laptop and whatever. Sure. Uh, In the dorm room, maybe, too? Yeah, yeah, in the dorm room. Anywhere we could do it. 
No, the best was uh, the the one like underage bar that we would go to. Is like the Mexican restaurant that they would let you in. Sure. Uh, and we would always hop on. They just had a guy with a laptop playing like YouTube, and we would just hop on the decks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like let me play some YouTube. Like, of course. Fade the volume in and out between even. Right. Like, that would be your like impromptu crossfader yeah. to yeah, degree. Yeah, exactly. Just for YouTube. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to make it work. With we just made laptop. it work. Yeah, but it worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um. Uh, I got started, I, I want to say, with DJ Biz. DJ Biz is the person who told me how to DJ. Okay. He's in Delaware at the moment. He's uh, He has cancer, but he's definitely fighting it however which way he can. And it's, I want to say is still doing gigs or at least um, is still out there in the scene to, okay. to a degree. Shout out to you, DJ Biz, if you've seen Shout this. Um, but I wanted to say that like he kind of brought me up to the scene and I would just like learn and listen through him cool as far as just asking questions um how to set up sound um how to set up a controller like all these different questions throughout like however many probably months I knew him for and or maybe like a um maybe well basically however long period of time that he kind of put me under his wing and uh, definitely helped me out um, in, in various ways and and certainly brought up t- brought up like me into my kind of like limelight so to speak mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong I had some fun times too but there was also times where also were like oh we gonna kind of have to be under the gun so to speak to make this event to make the party happen so to speak so there was a lot of behind the scenes work that I did and all right. But, um, that I was definitely more involved into into the process of DJing just as well. Actually throwing the parties. Yeah, actually yeah. doing the parties, doing right. the promotion to a degree. Yeah, I've I've done it or been a part of it um, a couple times. And, um, yeah, it's a different thing when you can just show up with your flash drive yep. and plug in and play. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, getting people there and um, especially with sort of like – the underground, yes. you know, even during the times when we had to be doing like the peer parties and sure. pop-ups and everything was run off a generator. Yeah. Almost like gorilla promo. Gorilla promo. promo. <laughs> <laughs> run a gun promo. How, which way you could do it. If you could put it out there, do it yeah. Whether through flyers, through Instagram, um, Facebook, um, however you could. Exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, how do you kind of like put yourself out there as far as um, promotions is concerned, as far as like, making your own mark on as far as the scene is concerned in your eyes. Right. Um, I mean, I just try to, I just try to be the person who, um, just brings a good time. And you definitely do through music. Yes. I've seen you various times at the liaison room and you definitely, I feel like you were kind of like, uh, maybe, I want to say maybe the headliner. Yeah, I, I want to say the headliner. You definitely <laughs> brought. You. The, yeah, no problem. Thank um, you. you probably definitely brought the, the energy. Yeah. In every which way. I feel like that's something that works for me. Um, and outside of that, I don't do anything crazy in terms of promo. There's sure. some things I would like to do, like um, put more um, re- recorded sets out on sure. SoundCloud or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I've done it. Um, I always thought like I should do that more regularly. It got pricey though. SoundCloud got pricey. I, I ended up paying for it recently. Okay. Yeah, because I had enough um, 
length of enough hours of sure. whatever uploaded that yes. you either have to delete stuff every time or I, yes. So yeah, all the, a lot of those uh, old sets have been mm-hmm. since deleted because I couldn't didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> sure, no, I get that, but you got you got to keep it fresh. It's not that much. Ex- uh, it's not that expensive, but okay. uh, it'd be nice if we didn't have to. Yeah, for sure. It would be nice if we just have a free and limited programs like everything, to every kind of like subscription or media program that we use, going from like YouTube to Mixcloud to SoundCloud. Even even um, paying for tracks instead of ripping them. Yeah. Which I started doing as an adult, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, you you don't realize, and you just pick up the stuff that I just I throw stuff on a playlist as I sure. go, and just try to go back through and pay for the ones I want to play out sure. and just end up dropping 50 bucks on the last like two weeks of music that I found. Sure. No, I get that. Or yeah. get it on sale. Yeah. Or yeah, well, run the, uh, yeah. run the auto, uh, search for, uh, coupon codes. When yeah. You check out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I, when I listen to you, I consider you to be somewhat of a technical DJ. Do you, would you say you would have a certain style to your performances or maybe a certain kind of sound that represents you in some way, form or fashion? Yeah, I mean, in terms of technicality, um, I like to I like to actively um, modulate effects and do things that are. I try to do things that are not just pressing play. Sure. Um, setting loops, uh, messing around. Um, so just in terms of like the mixing style, I try to do some of that. Um, I tend to depending on what I'm playing, sometimes I do like quicker, like, you know, I play like two minutes of a track sure. and quicker transition to the next one. Sure. Yeah. Um, stylistically, if I'm playing like something like tech house or more like upbeat, uh, I'm tending to do more of that. Sure. Uh, with like progressive, um, which I've also played a good amount of yes, and, like, melodic techno. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little more longer builds sure. and stuff. So I have to like challenge myself not to, do too much while and just let it breathe yeah i i i'm getting into that habit as well <laughs> to where like just let it breathe there's like four minutes left in the track exactly you already played three and you like, got you got to get to like the full crescendo yeah just like four minutes in let the energy build <laughs> yeah. have a drink yeah maybe exactly chat, say hi to somebody on your index do whatever you can to keep that momentum going however which for, way. for sure um last time i saw you was at winston on the water yes um when I saw you, that was my first time there, and I was just basically kind of um, scoping out the vibe and you know, see what I could maybe expect from um, everybody there. Mm-hmm. Um, T-Pat was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you played just as well. I think I may have missed, may have missed your set. And one other person was playing. Um, well, Reva Oscar, and Bianca Oscar. played later. Okay. And Oscar and T-Pat. Oscar and T- yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um how did you feel that you, um, how did you feel your set went? Um, so I, I, I was the opener. I was the first set. Gotcha. So I played from like eight to 10. Sure. It started early, mm-hmm. but, um, since it was only, it was three sets. So mm-hmm. we just got two hours, which okay. is nice. Um, yeah. When you're starting that early and no one's there, like it's nice to have the extra time. I, I, I agree with that, where you just kind of lounge around. You already did your work, so to speak, and it's just right. like you kind of just like chill out and relax and just feel the vibe. And and, just, and, and I, I actually enjoy, uh, speaking of liaison room, I felt mm. like I was always sort of on that, like, um, what is it? Because they would do like the reduced entry before 11. So I was always like the 10, 10 to 11, I always thought was like a good 
slot because that's when everyone has to show up in that hour if yes. they want to get in free or cheap. Right, or so, reduced, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's nice to see that room fill up. It does. Yeah. I feel like every time I'm there, it gets filled up. Too, because it's a, it is a smaller room. Winston, and with the Winston, it's it, it's a much bigger... Yes. Like, it's a long... Bigger outdoor space. space um, somewhat long is the bar. So when I started, it was uh, mostly, like, bar. Like, people just hanging by the bar. Sure. And looking out over the river. Yep. Um, and then it felt like sort of the party got started, like, right around the time I was wrapping up. So, um, yeah. It was it was great. Mm-hmm. I liked playing there. Um, it's pretty. I was just kind of... Even though it was, like... It was still filling in when most of the time I was just able to look out and just enjoy the scenery. Yeah, I totally get that. And thankfully, I think they may have they may have one more party to go before things start to get a little bit more colder. Yeah, I I imagine they're shutting it down. Uh, yeah. In the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'd imagine just as well. Uh, for those who don't know, well, the weather forecast is kind of gloomy. It's drying out right now, but it's beginning to get. Into the fall, winter months. So Although we had some summer lingering weather this week. Yeah, true. Yeah, around 80 degrees, 70 degrees, give or take. Um, that definitely lent itself um, to some outdoor parties. I think Rogue was happening last night um, somewhere. Shout out Rogue. Shout out Rogue. Um, someone last night, shout out to Darian. Um, somewhere out in, I would imagine, right off the Schuylkill. Fairmount somewhere. Park. Yeah, Fairmount ish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those part, I mean, those parties, man. I, I could, I, I, I'm grateful that they're there, but I can't last that long outdoors. But if you can, props to you, man. They go like through the winter too. <laughs> yeah, they, it, through the cold out there. Yep, through the cold. Grab your coats. We'll do it. Yeah, and, and, and we start at midnight and we go till the sun's up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And you will see the sun. Yes. Yeah, in more, in more ways than one. Yeah, I, I I was I will say I was extremely grateful to have that during the times when venues were not open. Yes, uh, I was willing to do the. <laughs> I think we all would the bender all, to, yeah, yes. and through the cold to yep. to get out and have some fun. Yeah, during that time, man, we we all kind of wanted to escape our own selves through what through all the turmoil that was happening back then. Hundred percent with with COVID and everything else. So we needed this. We needed escape. For me, I still definitely, I definitely went to a few parties for sure. Um, thanks to Folder and everybody else in that camp, um, just continue to like pay homage to what the scene was providing at the time. And every once in a while, I'm putting some input of my own, right? Which was kind of rare, but didn't yeah. you feel like we almost went back in time to like the underground rave scene at that point like whenever yeah, it felt was, like, very... renegade yes. uh, generators in everybody the park. was on the same playing field yeah. in that regard and right. as far as putting out the events and making sure that we're, we're somewhat safe safe quote unquote safe but you know things we got tried to... <laughs> we tried we tried it was it was a, it was a noble cause yeah noble cause for sure uh yeah, and actually, that time was it was weird because we were able to do some like live streams and more like, oh my God, like live small, streams. smaller stuff like that. But um, but that was actually because everyone just wanted to still connect and do music yeah. somehow. Uh, that I felt like that was an opportunity for me to actually establish myself in the Philly scene, which I really wasn't before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of things work out. Did you end up? Um, I see you definitely more. I see you definitely DJ, but do you also produce as well from time to time? Dabble I, on it. I I dabble for sure. Okay. Um, 
there's a couple I've put out a couple tracks that um, I consider I've done I've finished um, and I'll play them out um, and then I have countless abandoned projects on my laptop sure um, but it's just one of those things it's like if it works it works like I might not ever I might not finish whatever project I'm working on but sure. sometimes you do mm -hmm. and I just try to keep at it and I'm trying to like build more of a build more time into my sure my um schedule projects? for that sure yeah. okay but um but yeah i mean especially with when you get to dj for me it's not every weekend but if you know you could you could get to the point where you're just playing shows and playing shows and you don't actually make any music so mm -hmm. i'd like to hopefully do both yeah. yeah i'm on kind of the same boat i don't wish to produce i feel that's uh, it takes quite a while and you're in your own head it's totally, a bit too much yeah like i would like to have somebody on standby to be like oh hey what do you think of this Dude, what do you think of this kick drum? What do you think of this snare into a track? Like the smallest things you kind of need to hone in and on when you produce. And with DJing, it's very much you see the feedback through the crowd. You see the feedback through the audience. That's right. And that gives a, re a very uh, reassuring feeling to know that you are um, putting the right energy out there. Yeah, it's it, it really is a feedback loop uh, between the audience and the DJ. Yes. And, and I, like, I've, always, uh, I've always appreciated that aspect. For sure. And I've always wanted to like put myself out there more, and that's kind of one of the purposes of this podcast is to uh, kind of re-familiarize myself with the Philly scene and for the Philly scene to kind of um, know me to a degree and to um, kind of basically bring up the scene through a long, uh, long format um, media format and to through this podcast and see what comes out of it uh, for the greater good of Philadelphia, I guess, for a chance. Rather than putting it out, rather than putting out short form content. Yeah, well, I I applaud you and respect. Thanks, man. Yeah, that I applaud uh, you for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I think I mean I'm a big podcast fan, as we've talked yep. about. Um, I watch three hour podcasts, four hour podcasts, um, thirty minute videos. Yep. Um, and it's cool to be able to have a platform to just talk about what whatever it is that you're interested in, or nothing at all, but just like to build build something to to kind of put out there. Yeah, and I think to a degree, I don't want to say it's it's a lost art because there's a whole bunch of different podcasts out there, but they don't garner as much attention as um, most other forms of media. Let's say um, um, music or TV shows or movies. Right. It's where you kind of have to put up the, um, the promotion to put it out there. It's not really as well known. Uh, for podcasts, so hence why we're doing this now to kind of put it out there on Instagram and everywhere else. Right. Well, I th I do think that's kind of changing. Um, at, at least the people that I surround myself with, I feel like, are more following different podcasts and just realizing that that's like a it's a form of entertainment and and media that mm -hmm. um, is like pretty pretty real and yeah. honest, um, as opposed to you know because there's no real agendas with it. Um, or outside forces. Correct. So, I appreciate that. No problem. Um, let me go resort to my cell phone real quick. What? Okay. Um, we discussed it about back when you first got started um, DJing. We, like, we were both listening to like big name DJs like Avicii or yes. Sweet House Mafia or Tiesto or uh, Martin Garrix or yes. um, whomever. Um, what? Um, catches your ear now. Now, what artists and/or genres of music um, have your ear? Yeah. Um, 
So in terms of like DJing, I, I like to play sort of in the lane of like tech house, progressive techno, like sort of the the middle ground between all those things. That's a good word. Um, yeah, good phrase. So sort of a little bit of elements of each. Um, but people like vintage culture. I'm okay. a big fan of currently, um, where it's got like it's got like the melodic um, sort of elements from mm -hmm. from like a progressive, but it like it drops into like a techie sure um, like chorus. Mm -hmm. So um, that that stuff I'm into. Uh, I really like Zoo. Uh, if you know Zoo? if you know yes. Zoo, yes, he um, played on Circle. Yes, he has a, an incredible Circle set, and yep. he just his tour just came through Philly. Uh, oh, we did it a couple weeks ago. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I'm just a big fan of him. Like as an artist, um, I've been following him for a long time. So he's right. at like the front of my mind right now. Cause I just saw him here. Um, but that tour was amazing. I highly recommend people check out zoo and the tour. If he's still going, where did you see him at? Uh, at the Fillmore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Man, I haven't been to the Fillmore in a while. And definitely uh, a bigger space. It's, it was right next to the Barbary. Well, kind of is because the barbie's still there but like the barbie doesn't really yeah so i'm not sure what the, what's up with the barbie hiatus or something hopefully hopefully, hopefully. it comes back yeah um but man the last time i was at the fillmore i saw black eyed peas wow yeah back. <laughs> <Throwback>. <laughs> they were on tour and it was a free show because i think they were doing some kind of charity event um for the city of philadelphia and they ended up doing a free show and i got word about it i think like last second i wasn't really doing much but I just wanted to check out to see if everybody was going to be on the Black Eyed Peas. Like, ex Fergie wasn't playing. Fergie, Wait, so, yeah. How, how so that's recent, when Fergie just left. How recent was this? Dude, uh, it, this was like 2016, okay. 17. This is a while back. but that. It's a while back, but it's still late for Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was when, like, inciting. <laughs> the reunion tour. Yeah, the reunion tour. Um, and also... The Barbie was popping off, and signing was going on, and like, Fillmore was going on. It was kind of like that small little trifecta of clubs, and that's inside of uh, Fishtown. Right. Which signing I didn't know about. I don't know about that. Inciting was, from what I understand, a a band space originally. It was what, there. What for, is it called? Um, inciting. Inciting. Yes. Okay. Um, inciting was right by the Barbie. It was a, a small, definitely a small club. They offered free water, and also. Some local DJs would play there from time to time. It was okay. kind of like the after party to what um, the Barbary was. Since the Barbary shut down around like two ish, um, inside it would go on. That was the late there. night. Yeah, 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 for sure. It was right around the corner from the real one. Now it's knocked down, and in its place they put down uh, some new apartments. Of course. Yeah. What else? So, yeah. But uh, that's how the story goes. Sometimes that's the cookie crumbles. But with that, there's always a new spot, and I think that new spot nowadays is vinyl and from what i understand you went to vinyl last night how was that experience and who did you see it was cool i saw um spencer brown was there last spencer night Brown, yeah um had never seen him before so i wanted to go check it out um yeah vinyl's vinyl's cool it's ran by one of the guys from the av uh if i'm not mistaken and um yeah it's a little more upscale kind of loungy um mm -hmm. But they seem to be bringing some people out. I saw they had uh, autograph last weekend as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's nice to have new options because um, you do have sort of a cycle of you end up at the same places or similar. Yeah, I get to see the same people every weekend. Same, local yeah, DJs. I get that. So it's nice to have a change of scenery. Yeah, for sure.
Um, speak up changes theory. Um, going back to another event which happened recently, which I'll talk about. Um, it was at Fabrica, uh, the Glitterbox event. Gotcha. Did um, you go to that? I did. That was amazing. Um, Carl Cox. Um, not Carl, Carl Cox. Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a big name in such a little small place, right? Huge um, no, booking. Carl Craig. Carl Craig was there. Uh, Lady Monique's was there. Um, I believe DJ CeeLo was um, playing. Just He was one of the openers. Um, Dell was one of the openers as well. And I'm, I'm blanking out on one other DJ. Forgive me, but uh, I've never been to Fabrica before. Um, I've been to the um, the little outdoor space. Um, Tara. Tara, yeah, for sure. Um, rest in peace, Tara. Rest in peace, Tara, because it's a sound ordinance and stuff like that. But going to Fabrica for the first time, didn't know what to expect. Um, just saw some a few photos online to what the kind of like feeling was about. Just do just through their website, not having an experience going there. Um, went in there, they actually had drinks, kind of like procuring the vibe of energy that was um, being put out. It was more house. Um, had a had my signature Adidas like overalls on, <laughs> um, all black, but like spatters of like color on the um, on the overalls themselves. Uh, met some fellow friends there, bought some drinks. I think I stayed there to like one. I think it was on the um, on the Thursday night or something like. I forget what when exactly. It was kind of like a uh, I, well, I left early regardless, uh, but it was a good night. Um, definitely a lot of energy, and I think it, it actually sold well um, from what the promoter put on um, Eventbrite. I think I think Thursday is right because something with how Fabrica does their dinner shows, something like um, that, yeah. where they where they do that for, for the weekends. It was like Thursday or Wednesday, but it was like it was like okay, this is nice. It was like it was when it, well, what I mean by nice, it was since it was kind of on a on an off day, not like a Saturday or a Sunday. It kind of felt that it was going to be special in some kind of way. I think, I think it was. I put Philly on the map, and I think Philadelphia is becoming more of a known town or a known city, um, like New York, like L.A. Musically? Or, yeah, I feel. Uh, culture? I think both. I think music elevates the culture, and the culture yeah, elevates the music. It's all connected. Yeah. yeah. So in that regard, it's we're gradually making progress, I feel, right. and for, for the greater good. And I'm hopeful that this consistently will continue to grow, uh, for the betterment of the scene. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to see uh, a local scene as well as, um, you know, bigger names coming through uh, from, from out-of-town bookings. Sure. Um, it's it's good to have a combination, and I feel like uh, that's one thing that we do well is it's not just um, it's not just going to, like, see the international headlining DJs um, – you know, whenever they happen to come mm-hmm. through, but it's, we also have friends who put events on every weekend yes. and there's always, there's always something to support or, or no doubt. Out. Yeah. And like everybody, contrib- everybody puts their contribution in Agreed. and we'll see what comes up with it. And it seems to be like almost every other weekend or every weekend, there's definitely parts to go to. And since the last time I did this podcast, which was a little while ago, um, definitely there's more spots now. Um, there's void. Um, now we have vinyl. Um, there's always been the former, the Fillmore, but I'm just going to mention that just because I haven't been there really all that much. Um, there's Broad Hall. Um, there is 
whatever DIY party that's going on at the pier. Right. Whatever pier, both Walmart pier and graffiti pier, just throwing it out there. <laughs> and also as well, um, I guess even even just between friends, if you have somebody that, who has CDJs, who has a controller, I mean, that's a little impromptu party right there. That's kind of like low-key, private, but like fun in that, some degree. Yeah. yeah, that was another like pandemic thing that's yep. just easy like you could just go somewhere and mix and it doesn't have to be anything other than that yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that that's very wholesome very fun <laughs> in in that regard it just grows the scene that much more that much more as well um but moving forward into um the future to a degree do you have any shows or any parties that you're looking forward to both that you are maybe a part of or shows that you are looking forward to to attend um, so personally, I don't have anything officially on the books for my next gigs, but although I may have something to announce, uh, shortly, um, but yeah, so other than that, I'm thinking, um, an artist that I've recently bought tickets for that is outside of the realm of house and techno that is, um, Troy Boy at the Ave. Um, Troy Boy is more of like a trap producer. Sure. Um, but that in terms of bass music, that's sort of, uh, that's, that's the style that I like. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, I mean, the Av has like a ridiculous lineup at all times. Yes, um, it does. They've been, they've been pulling some awesome names. Um, so there's always a good chance that <laughs> there's going to be something there that I want to go see. Fully um, agree. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good time <clears throat> to be in Philly. Is Departed going to be back there at the Ave? Uh, I let's so? see. Yeah, I believe they're still doing the Ave. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I always like that place. Like I know that place is like it's a big space. It used to be called Soundgarden back in the day. Yeah, I had been to Soundgarden once. A word. Yeah, in its in its prior form. Sure. I always think of that place as like young college kids who are just starting to go out. But who want to go have a good time? It's definitely still got some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like it has definitely attracted more of people who are in the scene, yep. but also just people, people just that want to go, go out. Yeah, which, exactly. Which is cool, and you can always tell a difference there too. I don't know if you've ever noticed with the twenty one shows. It's a little bit more of a um, college football kind of energy. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit different, but it's and still the, football, but something have, to it. They have the separate. Um, they have the separate bar area yes. where you have to stay confined if you have a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just always, it's it's al- it's always like harder to get in mm-hmm. when there's a bunch of eighteen year olds there. Sure. I guess, but uh, but no shade. Yeah, no shade, no shade whatsoever. R- respect to the app. Yeah. I have gotten to play there, there once. I would like yeah. like to go back. Uh, Word. Uh, I I opened for Boys Noise there last summer, mm-hmm. um, which was an awesome experience. Right. Um, but yeah, just stuff like that. Um, I'd like to like to get around and play with different groups of people, and you know, not get cornered in one lane yeah. or the other. So same way, I was. Um, I would definitely like to play it more often myself. Um, it's been, I think, the last time officially that I was on the flyer, like dead serious, was like twenty nineteen, back when I did the Barbie. Okay, and like, I'm trying to gain more attention. Yeah. Um, hence why, hence part why this podcast is happening, just for me to put myself out there and see what I'm about and see if I can 
gain more focus to DJ as well as um, whoever's on the other side of the couch, so to speak, and uh, give attention to them, um, whoever that might be. Um, I've been bi- kind of been busy just to myself. Um, recently got CDJs. Nice. Um, some Denons, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so it's the, uh, not to get too overly technical, but it's a um, Denon X1800 mixer with a LC6000 controller, but that controller is hooked up to the CDJ. Okay. So the controller mimics whatever the CDJ is actually doing. Okay. So I'm only using one, it's a, it's a one screen, whereas with Pioneer CDJs, it's two screens for each channel. Right. So I could see both channels of music going on in one on one screen, which is pretty nice, I think. Yeah, that's nice. What? Yeah. How, otherwise, how do you find the workflow or the, you know what I mean, the, um, the platform? Because it's a different, it's not Rekordbox. No, it's not. It's Engine, but it accept, it recognizes Rekordbox format. So right. I so you can, can still you can still plug into it. Yep, yeah. exactly. So I can do whatever in Rekordbox, um, format that SD to recognize Rekordbox, and then from there, the CDJ the Denon CDJ will just recognize that software. Okay. And um, the engine software is kind of like, has record box, like algorithms built in. So yeah. it knows what to look for. What made you go with Denon over Pioneer? You know, um, cause that's a big investment. Correct. Um, the Denons are a little less expensive managed to get everything okay. used. Um, one, two, I like the concept of like kind of asymmetrical design in a way to where I'm only using one screen and the other, controller slash CDJ is basically mimicking whatever is going on with the CDJ. So, so you you bought you bought it that way yep. by design. Yep. Yeah. And also I also had a I had a live setup before. So where I had a um a Roland X um JDXI. It's mm-hmm. like a synthesizer and a couple of drum machines hooked up to that X eighteen hundred mixer. So I knew my way around that mixer. That was a big thing. Okay. I was familiar with that mixer before, so gotcha. I decided to buy it again. And uh, I like it. So I stuck to what I knew to a degree and uh, made forward that investment. And the good thing about having CDJs is that you can get that money back to some degree. You may not get 100% of what you put out, what you paid for. But it but holds some, some value. It does hold value. Yeah. Versus a controller where you may have to get a new one every maybe three to four years, let's say. Yeah, I just have the um, the Pioneer um, RX2 two-channel two, two okay. all-in-one, gotcha. um, which is basically a mini um, setup of CDJs and, and Mixer, but it's just all attached yep. on but, one screen. Yep, yeah. uh, I see that. That's totally common within the scene. Even at some smaller events where yep. CDJs may not be available or in Correct. the budget, it yep. works just the same. It's a pioneer product, and there is that familiar format of a CDJ to a degree um, and or a um, Nexus mixer. That's why I feel like I went with Pioneer, just because it's more like industry standard. standard yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I know a lot of people, I know Denon is like pretty much neck and neck. A lot of Some people mm-hmm. prefer it, but sure. it's just as, um, just as, like, yep. Reputable. Yep. Yeah. As far as setups are concerned, it's either a Pioneer setup or Pioneer CJs with like an Allen Heath mixer. Right. That's kind of like the two. And other than that, it's like live setups. Right. Um, I didn't know you had a live setup before. I did. And the thing about it was I enjoyed it, but it was kind of, in, I'm in the situation that I'm out. I didn't play out with it. Yeah. And it's it was basically just an expensive toy. Yeah. And it was kind of a, a pain to set up versus CDJs. Oh, I'm sure. And or an all-in-one <laughs> controller to have it. So you never tried to do a live uh, performance, like, out? 
No, 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 not with all that gear. It was <laughs> a bit too much shut up, and I never really did the whole live stream thing. Right. Back when that was thing, back when um, COVID was kicking, just because I didn't know how to really have my sound good enough so it would be portrayed out and um on Facebook or whatever. I didn't know how to really quite do that, and that was kind of a. Uh, my Achilles heel just as well, so to speak. Yeah, I, I admittedly, I bought the uh, the audio interface for mm-hmm. um, for live streaming, and I never used it. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll totally do this during the pandemic, but uh, which I did, but just not my own setup. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Um, okay. Yo, I've never, never been to Ireland. I know you have. I think maybe, I think earlier you had a trip. I have not been to Ireland. Okay. I've been to Iceland. Iceland. Okay. <laughs> big difference. One letter off. It was big difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, yo, how was that? Uh, why did you go there? How long did you say? Give me all the details. So um, Cassie surprised me with a trip to Iceland. Um, surprise. Surprise. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was how that happened. But um, the idea was see the Northern Lights. Um, it's actually pretty easy to get there. Um, it's just, it's just a quick flight. It's like quicker than flying to Europe, um, continental Europe. Sure. But, um, yeah, so we basically, we planned a trip to where we would, uh, stay in Reykjavik, which is like the city. Um, I guess there's probably others. Mm -hmm. Uh, Icelandics might be mad at me, but, um. We love yeah. you. <laughs> we love Icelandic you, Iceland. People, we love you. <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot of Icelandic <laughs> listeners. Maybe one or two. <laughs> well, we'll get in there. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful place. Um, just planned mostly like um, nature oriented okay. uh, sightseeing. Um, there's a there's a thing called the Golden Circle, which mm-hmm. is like a drive um, with a lot of stops for different like. So it's basically full of volcanic activity and mm-hmm. glaciers. Like that's their whole geography is is around that how was the weather uh we went in february february yeah i think that's right it was very cold Mm -hmm. um extreme weather but extreme changes and fast changes mountain weather yeah but like a kind of not really like any weather that you've experienced anywhere else sure in my opinion okay um so, like, for example, it, it would be really sunny, and then it would be, like, hailing. Mm-hmm. So, like, swings. Okay. Um, and everything's extreme, like, either, like, very nice or very frigid and okay. intense and windy. Um, we were driving up to uh, the national park that's there, which I'm not going to try to pronounce. <laughs> it's like uh, a 20-character name. Yeah, it starts... The first letter is a letter that we don't even have, so... Okay. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there was, like, intense um, snow and wind on the drive. And basically, we rented a car because you can either do, like, full, like, private organized tours mm-hmm. where you're getting on a bus and they take you everywhere and they take you out for, like, the day. Or you do the same things as that the buses are doing, but you have a car. Okay. Um, so there's like all the stops, like all the scenic stops that everyone pretty much goes to. Um, but we, so we were driving up into the national park, um, and just the weather just was getting worse. And they actually have the, I guess like the, the country, the government has like a website where they track the, 
weather and the road conditions. Mm-hmm. So you, you're actually looking at like a live updated map. Sure, of, live like, feed. If the certain roads are closed or unsafe, whatever, it's like color coded. Um, and like we were out in the road that we were on was technically okay to drive, but it was like pretty scary. Okay. Uh, and I think we must have been like ahead of the plows. Like, oh wow! So they, they were they were actively plowing that highway. Right, they're right on your ass, about to like snow yeah, you in. Yeah, because we we left early to go to the national park for the mm-hmm. day. So, um, and then <laughs> the tour bus, the the bus, the vans f- from the tour that we were going to see. They passed us on the road because we were going too slow for them. So they sped past us like these Americans. These fucking Americans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we made it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Again, you're here now to live to tell the tale. I well, would strongly recommend Iceland, um, probably in the summer too. Oh, and the uh, crazy thing is, we didn't even end up getting to see the Northern Lights. Oh, man. Um, we went during the time of year that they say you're mm-hmm. supposed to be able to see, um, and it just it just really depends on like the activity of it's more it's like a it's a weather phenomenon so sure. it just depends on the weather yeah if it's like a little bit too cloudy and you're in too the wrong cloudy spot, or if it. the like magnetic activity that causes sure. the phenomenon isn't doing the thing strongly but so like there's apps where you can track it and mm-hmm. um supposed to be able to like supposed to be able to catch it but it didn't work out but it, that doesn't even really matter to me anymore after that trip it was totally worth it either way dude i fully agree and um speaking of travel next in two weeks i'll be at ade in Uh, amsterdam yes in amsterdam awesome so that'll be kick-ass have Um, you been to amsterdam yes i have back in 2016 that was when i was first getting into the scene and but um, not for ade not for ade but ade was going on during the time which i didn't know about until i landed (sighs) And, like, the hotel was playing, like, Martin Solveig, Intoxicated. That was, like, the big hit everywhere. <laughs> and, yeah, I saw a couple you people. You got me. <laughs> intoxicated. That's still So that was, that was a pop in Amsterdam, that was That was popping in Amsterdam, even from the elevator to some clubs were playing it out. And that was, like, the catchy song. But uh, I was just doing the touristy thing, and it just so happens that ADE was playing. I, I went to one club, but it wasn't really on the ADE calendar. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this year, I finally managed to get some funds to venture out and go over there and to check it out again. Um, from what I hear and from what I understand, Amsterdam has changed a little bit for the better. And thankfully, I've changed, I feel, a little bit for the better just as well. So I think uh, both will equal out. Um, I'm just hoping I don't get lost like I did the first time. Because um, I, one time, long story short, basically I lost my keys to my rental bicycle. That I got from the hotel. Okay. And the hotel didn't have a, a set initially, and then 20 minutes later that they did. But when I went back to get my bike, um, it was like around 6.30, so it was like getting dark. So I was like, I had a little paper map with me, so I was like, I thought I knew my way. So I was just like, make a left, make a left, you'd be at the hotel in no time. Uh, I make a left, I make a left. Make a right, make a left. And it turns out, before I know it, it's basically dark. Yeah. I don't know where the hell I am. It's like midnight. And I'm still trying to make it make back to my hotel. Like, I know I'm close to the hotel, but I'm far away from the hotel at the same time. But thankfully, there was, like, little community maps around, like, um, most of the city or outside of the city. And managed to find my way back to the hotel in time. But hopefully this time, um, I'll make it back to the hotel in time to not miss my flight on the last day. Because on the last day, on Sunday, I'll, probably, I'll be at the Pornceptual Party. And that, I'll probably leave at 4, but I have to take a ferry 
back to gotcha. the main island. The, the main island. <laughs> um, <laughs> the mainland. Back, back to the mainland um, <laughs> to get to my hotel. So I maybe do some prep in advance to kind of get a fuel of everything. I'd like to get my bearings. The main <laughs> island of the continent of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 100% take me there. Um, I have not been to Amsterdam, uh, although I know you've spent some time in Germany. Yep. Uh, and I'm going back there in November. Rad. Um, to Frankfurt, but I'm going to go see Berlin this time. Uh, okay. Spend three days there. Uh, so if you have any recommendations. You know, my first time going to Berlin, um, I was doing the tourist thing as well. Check out the Berlin Wall. Um, check out all the historic, historic buildings and stuff like that. And kind of getting the feel of how World War II really affected that place. Yeah. Um, and now, in contrast to what the Germany is now, it's completely different, of course. Um, but on the last day there, I I went to a nightclub called Trezor. 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 Okay. Because um, I already know I can't get into Bergheim, so. I'll I tried. <laughs> I tried. Second, you did? I tried, and I did get in. You put on your coolest outfit? I, well... <laughs> I put on yes, I put on a, a cool outfit. The coolest techno attire. Yes, I did. But um, when I was at the line, there was a woman that was ahead of me, and Sven, who was like the famous bouncer there, he was—he's actually a real person. Oh, um, shout out, Sven. Yes, Sven. <laughs> if you're serious, listening, get me in. And we know you get are. Get us in. <laughs> um, he was at the door, and the woman ahead of me thought I was the woman ahead of me. Sven thought I was with her, but I wasn't. So she was able to get in, but when I was at the very, very front, I hesitated. And Sven saw that hesitation and was like, no. But if I would have played it cool and went in with the woman ahead of me who I didn't know, I would have got in. Right. So it was just kind of the hesitation that kind of limited me to get in. You made one false move. Anyway, yeah, one false yeah, little slip up and that prevented <laughs> me to go in. It was, Sven. They were like nine. But I think... If it would have gone yet, if it would have gone in, I would have had a great time. But I, I, I was like, I could have missed my flight. Like I maybe would have lost track of time potentially. You know what? Doing is, whatever. Uh, the funny thing is that when I go this trip, um, not in Berlin, but uh, our last, my last night in Frankfurt mm -hmm. will be the night that I'm gonna want to go out because I'm only there for. I leave on a Saturday, um, and the the weekend. That I'm getting there, we sure. won't be going out. So, um, my Friday night before my flight mm -hmm. is when I'm going to want to go out in Frankfurt. So, gotcha. <laughs> I hope I make my flight too. So, I recommend <laughs> whenever and wherever you happen to be, I recommend to go to Trezor. Okay. Um, Trezor is not too far away from Bergheim. Okay. If you want to go to Bergheim again, you can go ahead and try, but don't worry about that. Um, there's Watergate. How much of a line do I have to wait for Bergheim to know if I'm going to get in? Or I, not? Dude, I waited in two hours in the cold in December. Don't I? It's like because if you don't get in, then you just burn two hours. So maybe it's not even worth trying. Yeah, but then you just go to Trezor because you're already right there. Yeah. yeah, Well, not right there. It's a little bit of a walk, but gotcha. it's it's on it's along that same area. Um, so maybe try to go to Trezor first, and you'll most more likely to get in. Yeah, and you'll get that stamp of honor to being that. Like, you know, being at a proper techno kind of um, historical site, so to speak, right. indoor club. Um, Watergate's more housey, uh, more tech housey, depending on the artist who is there. So I definitely recommend gotcha. that spot, um, which is farther down from Trezor. 
but it's not too far away from Bergheim. And also as well, Kit Kat Club. Kit Kat Club is more of a sex club, so if you're going to bring anybody, um, bring someone. Because uh, going there by yourself it feels a little awkward, yeah. so it's more of a couples kind of thing. But yeah. it's exciting to go in there too. Um, Sissy Fuss, I'm not quite sure where that is, but that's another like proper techno club. More outdoors, but still proper. Cool. Um, I'm thinking of Lauren Peebler, right? Lauren Peebler, if you're watching. Yeah, Lauren, um, we could talk to her. Give right? us some yeah. um, techno Germany, techno Berlin um, nightclubs to go to. Um, also, I would check out um, Hard Wax if you have any records or if you want to listen to records. It's a record else. store. Yeah, you, you can go ahead and dig and see what they have in there. So I will definitely, your ear. Would definitely like to poke around. Mm-hmm. I have some records, but no player at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I can't really justify buying any, but I do like uh, the experience, the record store experience. I do like the record store experience as well. I like having something physical, yeah. something physical, and flipping through and the flipping crates. Through, yeah, and <laughs> I get the I get the appeal for the vinyl DJs. Same. Uh, um, it's it's yeah, physical media. It's like it's like uh, like a book instead of an yes. e-book. <laughs> It's like physical culture yeah. in the palm of your hand. Yeah. I remember seeing Hector Oaks in Canada, in Toronto, um, during one of the format parties. I knew a friend from, um, we were just talking at a basement. Uh, basement's a pretty popular technical club in New York. And uh, he introduced himself to me there. And then um, we continued to kind of like chit-chat about, you know, going to XYZ party in Toronto. And... Um, then from there, we went to Detroit. Um, but before we went to Detroit, we saw one of the format parties. And from there, we went to um, see Hector Oaks. And the beautiful thing about vinyl is that it's live. But the, kind of the... It's it's double-edged sword. Like, if your records aren't really... Um, pristine. Pristine, and or if the setup is not really correct, you'll hear it. Um, I so, can't imagine uh, hauling all that. Yeah, on the and, plane and everywhere to, else. Trying to keep it yeah. nice and not yeah. damaged. I can't even keep my own, and mm-hmm. I don't travel with them. Right. And when Hector played, it was great at times. But at times, you could definitely feel the sound quality was like you could see the you can hear the the needle skipping, and he was quickly transitioning, flipping the records. Um, but that's kind of like the realness of the rawness of it. Yeah, and well. it's not not perfectly synced. It's not perfectly synced. But that's, that's that's the beauty of it. Right, like yeah. you hear them slow yes. it down or speed it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to I would like to get my hands on a vinyl setup and just yeah, do just, just the fundamentals of DJing. Yep. It's like we we got to skip over that, but that doesn't mean it's not still there. Yep. And I feel <laughs> that with vinyl, if you could do good on vinyl. It's a pretty easy transition into um, digital vinyl systems or to CDJs. Well, I didn't even learn manual beat matching until I started using CDJs. Because when you're using like a, a laptop controller, right, it it doesn't really make sense. Like you just use the sync button, sure, which is like a huge no no. Yeah, it's a huge <laughs> it's a huge no no, but it's nothing wrong with that. I'm just starting out. I just kind of exactly. learned the basics exactly, degree, you know? and like. You see them touching the, the, the wheels, the decks, sure. and you're like, "Oh, I could never do that. That that looks so hard." Sure, <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of hard, now people, or at least some more recognized DJs, some more world-renowned DJs like Carcox, he's doing his um, hybrid live sets, 
Yeah. Um, almost like Richie Richie Houghton. Richie Houghton uh, was doing his live ensemble, and I'm not sure if Eric Prids is doing a live thing, but he ha- he always has his audio visual experience with Hollow. I'm not right. sure if that lends itself to that. But uh, I don't think he does do any live. Okay. But I wouldn't be sure. the best person to know. Sure. But um, yeah, I like the I like the the blend if you can kind of pull it off to where it's still seamless. Sure. Alex Miles, give us the answer. You've been there yeah. many times that you open for him. Just I, should, as well. I shouldn't speak anything, Eric Pritz, because he's the, he's the, um, Eric Pritz, number one fanboy. Yeah. Number one fanboy. Shout I was, was going to say the most reputable sure. source. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the, he's smashing his uh, laptop right now. Oh, God, he's just like chomping at the bit. <laughs> yeah, chomping at the bit, every which way he can. He's like, oh, he's gritting his teeth right now, super hard. Um, but anyway, he is Eric Prids, um, and that kind of elite um, DJ status, whatever. Um, they're going towards that hybrid live format, and I think it's something to where I don't really see too much in Philadelphia for whatever reason. Maybe it's more set up. Well, or, uh, Brian Feldman does that, right? Shout out to Brian. Yeah. Um, uh, we know you're going through a little bit of a tough time right now. I know your um, your father recently passed away, so um, love to Brian's yep. family, Brian, man. Yeah, um, yeah, but Brian def- definitely did the hybrid live thing, and I think he was one of the, one of the few, if maybe the only one. Um, to do the hybrid live thing, who's Could willing? Who's willing to but, bring his equipment out? Yeah. like you were unwilling to. Yeah, <laughs> um, and or I wanted to, but it was just I don't know, a matter of time really. But regardless, um, I'm not quite sure why that hasn't really kind of driven itself more into the Philly scene. Maybe it was just more, more of a financial kind of like hurdle. I just or, don't know if people really do it or. It's it's definitely more niche. Yeah, like at our level, it's you know maybe somebody has a setup at home, but sure. no one's really building a whole thing around it. Yeah, uh, for in a live setting, I will say um, my friend uh, Bitsky uh, Sean mm-hmm. uh, is doing live guitar. Okay, um, he's more of like a bass music, um, but yeah, shout out to him. He's doing he's doing live live electronic mm-hmm. in Philly, so that's one thing. Um, and that was a cool thing. That's why I've always liked to do a lot too, uh, because his sets are usually like, I think he's pretty much DJing and then he has probably like a keyboard or like a, sure. a sampler or something, but, sure. um, he's got like a guitar player and a sax player mm-hmm. and he had a drummer on this last tour too. Sure. Um, and they kind of like come and go like they're not it's not like a full band the whole time but they'll come out like rip a guitar solo sure for certain tracks yeah for certain certain, yeah exactly exactly. Mm -hmm. um which which i i've always really liked that Mm -hmm. um and i play i play since i play some instruments myself like i i try to incorporate some guitar if i'm making my own music or um just because it's something that i can do that i feel like um why not sure um but I don't know that I would ever bring a guitar out to a DJ set sure. personally. Right. Other than Monolink. Monolink could do that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, people do it and it works. Yeah. Bob Moses is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I mean, if I was... Let's say if I had a whole, like, project around, like, a like an album or something with, with like, guitar heavy or instrument heavy, I guess I'd probably consider like sure doing that live but just for djing it's rather just use it for my production 
did you pick up the guitar first before you started to DJ? Or yeah, okay. yeah, that was my well, yeah. So I played trumpet like when you uh, first had the chance. To Yo, I played trombone fourth grade. Did you? Yeah, yeah I was you, super OG at it. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like, like fourth or fifth grade. They start saying like you can. Uh, yeah, I was pretty good at trumpet too. I, I went to uh, like the district band at one point to represent my school, um, but by the time I got to like high school, when it was like you can be in the marching band. I was like, well, that's kind of lame. Yeah. So, um, and then like, yeah, I had friends who were, uh, starting to like play in bands in high school sure. and stuff and like be good at guitar. So I'm like, Oh, I want to do that. So yeah, I, I was like self-taught on guitar for the most part. Okay. Um, and sort of played that like through college and, um, I try to still play now just to use that skill and, sure. um, just express that way. But um yeah that was my first instrument yeah um i always i always feel that like if you don't use it you lose it to a degree yeah i mean i will say well for my singing voice i agree uh like if i if i because i used to do a lot like just learn like song just cover songs like that was just how i learned what i wanted to do um and like i felt like i could sing and play pretty well together Mm -hmm. But yeah, now it's like if I try to sing, I feel like I sound pretty bad uh, unless I'm like practicing. Um, but with guitar, I feel like it, it hasn't like I'll I'll forget how to play certain songs, but I don't forget the skill. I haven't lost the skill. Sure, I yeah. get that. To me, for me, I like. I used to have a sixth sense when it came to DJing, like as far as energy level is concerned. Right. Like, this track matches this track as far as energy level, and now I've kind of lost that a bit like i still know bpm i I still know key i'm still know all these other variables but when it comes to like energy level that's when it kind of like i I lose it back then i just knew like this track matches this track to elevate this the vibe whether i wanted to keep it more slower or pick it up the energy now i've kind of i've kind of lost that a little bit that's kind of sad um but I'm, i'm now trying to regain that um through going to techno church which is kind of something that jfk put on and just through my practicing um, for my own self and seeing how far that could take me. I feel like that's something that maybe comes with, like, once you're doing it for so long, you almost, like, it It becomes more, like, clinical in a sense. Sure. Yeah. Where, like, uh, when you first start out, like, you have this, like, fire where you're yes. like, I know exactly what I want to hear. and I, Or I know this song goes with that song. Like, or I should go into that drop right here. Um but then when you start just like ritually, ritualistically, like downloading, searching for new music, like organizing playlists and trying to like craft the set so, so the keys match and everything, like mm-hmm. you sort of lose like just that, whatever that was of just like, no, it, like it's the energy of the song. That's what works. Yeah. It's almost like simple. Yeah. But it's like for the people that are listening to our audience, it feels like a very complex and involved thing. Right, but being behind decks, it feels like intuitive. Yeah, and that's the that's the flow state, right? That like is that's, flow that's state. Hundred percent. Yes, that's where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like not not thinking, not overthinking, and just playing. And I feel like that that always happens for me, like not right when I start, like not right at the beginning of the set. But, exactly, but it's it like, always happens. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's like those first two tracks are the most crucial, and like the ones that I call the most nerve wracking. Right, but it's like once you start going, exactly. It just, you just get flowing. you just get warmed up and you yes. start doing stuff and not having yeah. to think about it and that's the flow and yep. that's like the best feeling. Like I would I would be the same way for mountain bike. Um, 
Um, I used to mountain bike race back in the day. Yeah. And like I would get nervous for when they would do the countdown for when like we would have to like basically take off to start the race. And I was like coming sunrise, but over time as I did more and more races, it just became more intuitive to where it's like, okay, I'm not afraid of this countdown, but I want to think about my strategy leading into the race. Like what pedal, uh, what gear I should be in, what the terrain calls for to lower my tire pressure, all these different variables that kind of lend itself to um, being in a good place um, for whatever race I was being part of. That same energy and that same kind of discipline lends itself to DJing. Like, there's a crossover. Like, there could be crossovers with many things. Like, as you said earlier, like, you picked up the guitar, but I would imagine that you playing a guitar lends itself in some way to DJing. For sure. I mean, I I think with music, like, a lot of people, you just have something. Like, mm-hmm. it just something clicks or something makes sense. You have an ear for it. Yep. Like, I felt musical even before I could play instruments, if that makes sense. Like, yes. I just understood. Yes. Or, like, it's it's kind of like math. Like, you get it or, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and it's also kind of like a language in the same way. Um, but, um, yeah, so I think just, like, ha- being around music and playing things, it's it's all, it's you know, it's rhythm, it's timing. Agree. All that stuff still applies. Yeah. Um, you know, even, like, like crescendos and like yes. dipping and and rising uh you know you're playing softer you're singing softer um and then with djing it's like okay like we've been up for a little while let's bring it down a little right. bit it's the same thing yeah very much the same thing and i definitely want to do that because it's it's like it's a part of me like i started to dj um right in the time when i was like kind of getting out of like racing as far as my biking is gotcha. concerned and the Camaro, I can still pick up the bike and have fun with it, but I'm not going to go to that extreme just because not that many people were, um, kind of following me with it. Kind of, I was like, it was a one man pursuit and I don't want DJing to be that way for me. I would, I would like to think you don't want it to be that way for you. Like you want people to experience that music, you being included for the betterment of whomever that's listening. Yeah, I mean it. It's nothing without the the crowd. Yeah, like it's just yeah, yeah. it's just you and some music. Yeah, which which is fine too. Like yes, that, that's what I was doing for a while. It's mm-hmm. just like basically having this skill that I wasn't really doing anything with, mm-hmm. but it was fun, and I would have liked to do something with it. So it's nice to be able to play out and exactly share same, that with same people. Man. And I think that's what it's about. Yeah, I think that's what it's about, and I I think it's about time. We're about like an hour and four minutes, give or take, into this thing. Right and, on. Uh, I think let's wrap it up. Do you have any shout outs, any promos, or anything you want to put out there? Um, people can follow me on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, SoundCloud. Uh, it's Elixir, and it's uh, E L I X Y R. Uh, you'll find me um, Elixir Music on Instagram. Um, yeah, and if anyone uh, just wants to talk about music or mess around, try to do some producing. Uh, I've got a little studio set up. Um, so yeah, it's just about connection and, uh, just having fun and hopefully I'll be out playing some shows soon and yep. I'll, I'll be seeing you out there. We'll put the links in the description below. Like subscribe to this channel on follow us on Instagram, wherever it may happen to be. I still haven't gone a clear name for what this podcast is going to be. Um, but I'll definitely think of it as we get further into this whole thing. Elijah, thank you so much for being here once again. Cheers. Cheers. One and done. And let's keep this thing going, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching, wherever you happen to be. I'll see you around. Peace. Peace.